0: Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Wednesday the 1st of July. The purpose of the bulletin is as always simple to state, I'm trying to keep you abreast of what's happening in unexpectedly positive or negative ways in the data from the world's major economies. I'm doing it because I can't see that anyone else really is, and I strongly believe that in economics, as in much else, it helps to know what's actually happening. Today was another dysfunctionally busy day with so many data releases from major economies that it's not easy to process them all, either analytically or even just with your gut. In the end, the data generated 13 surprises and 9 shocks. 8 of those surprises came from Asia, 2 from Europe, 3 from the US. Of the 9 shocks, 5 came from Asia, 2 from Europe and 2 from the US. The main reason for this profusion was another extravaganza from markets PMIs, with the focus this time on Asia and Europe. For the most part, these arrived stronger than expected, but although not much attention should be paid to the numbers, decimal point movements in these indexes effectively don't mean anything substantive, wider movements do suggest that in June, the industrial sectors in different economies were not all experiencing the same pressures. Some were facing really tough times with contractions obviously continuing in June. These included Japan at 40.1, South Korea at 43.3, Indonesia 39.1, Thailand 43.5 and in Europe Germany at 45.2. There was another group that was only moderately tough and nearing stabilization. I'd count India in that at 47.2, Taiwan 46.2, and in Europe, Spain 49, and even Italy at 47.5. Finally, there's a group of economies where industry is actually stabilizing and maybe even now expanding. These would include Australia at 55, 50, 51.5, China at 51.2, and in Europe, France at 52.3 the UK at 50.1 and I'd probably put the US in there at 49.8. But actually the only one which really mattered today was the US PMI produced not by market but by the Institute of Supply Management. This is the one highly respected PMI which has spawned the profusion of low-grade imitators which so clutter up our calendar. And this reported a jump of nine and a half points in June to 52.6, which was the highest since April 2019 and was fired by a rise of 24.6 points in the New Orders Index to 56.4 and with Production Index rising in response by 24.1 points to 57.3. It's worth quoting the ISM's comments. They said, quote, as predicted, The growth cycle has returned after three straight months of COVID-19 disruptions. Demand, consumption and inputs are reaching parity and are positioned for a demand-driven expansion cycle as we enter the second half of the year. One other interesting result, and it may be linked to the US recovery, came from global international air freight for May. The measurement is in cargo tonne kilometres and in May this declined 21.5% year on year which is actually quite a good result since in April it was down 29.5% and in May the monthly movement was 4.9 standard deviations better than historic seasonal trends. In seasonally adjusted terms air freight volumes rose 5.6% on the month. Since available freight capacity was down 32.2%, cargo load factors, which is essentially capacity utilization, rose 8.3 percentage points on the month to 60.6%, with the lowest in the U.S. at 58% and the highest in Asia Pacific at 67.8%. What does this tell us about the patterns of global trade pressures? Well, the regions with the mildest fall in freight cargo is in the U.S., down only 9% year-on-year, and Africa, down 6.3%. Worst hit are Europe, down 29.7%, and Asia-Pacific, down 21.3%. This all sounds familiar. It was also a slightly greater uptick in May than I had expected, and I also hadn't expected this sort of divergence between the US experience and the rest of the world. It really wasn't too obvious in March or April, so it should probably pass as a new development, and in line with what we've seen with the PMIs. Bank of Japan's second quarter tankan, which I'd expected to be commenting on, was largely uneventful. Large manufacturing companies reported the current situation as slightly bleaker, and the outlook improving rather less than expected. They report the problems of excess supply have intensified sharply, levels of inventories increasing excessively. Sales are expected to fall 2.6 percent in fiscal 2020 with export sales down to 4.2 percent. Profits are expected to fall 17.6 percent. Despite that they expect to raise capex by six and a half percent up from 4.3 percent in fiscal 2019. Overall large companies are doing better than medium-sized companies who are doing better than small companies and non-manufacturers are doing better than manufacturers. Well, that's it for today. Tomorrow isn't quite so frantic, with the main action likely to come from the US, where June's labour market surveys and May trade datas are on the agenda. Thank you for listening. I hope you've got something out of it. And if you did, please help spread the word about the bulletin in any way you feel like. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on MJT Coldwater at fastmail.com